Welcome to the 21 Minute Podcast. 21 minutes to encourage your walk with Jesus in 2021. I'm Pastor James from Lakewood Park Ministries in Auburn, Indiana. And this podcast is all about helping you connect to Jesus from where you are to who he is. Welcome to episode 14 of the 21 Minute Podcast. I'm Pastor Luke. Along with me, Pastor James. James, as we as we always ask, how are you doing? <laughs> hey, spring has sprung. Oh, goodness. Beautiful, yes, it has. beautiful week. Yeah. Uh, just energizing to enjoy this great weather. Now, maybe a little colder next week, but hey, it will take <laughs> yeah. it. We'll take it. Flowers are coming out. It's good. Good yeah. to be here. It's 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 at least enough. To get me through that next yes. sprint of cold yeah, until right. more warmth warmth comes, so it uh, yes. gave me some kind of fuel in my in my system. But you know, Luke, we always say around here, this is the day the Lord has made. Yes. So you can think about that song because <laughs> no matter the weather, it's right. a gift, and we get to enjoy each other, and we get to enjoy being on this podcast. Yeah, He did make the thirty degree days that follow the seventy degree Amen. days, and he's all the same. The same. <laughs> he's the same <laughs> <Amen>. always. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Um, well, hey, we're moving into a new series on this podcast, one that I think is going to be um, really practical and helpful for our listeners. And uh, let me just go ahead and turn it over to you to, to intro the, the new series and, and tee it up for us as we, as we dive in. So one of the, the, the distinctives of Lakewood Park Ministries that in the last five years I've been here that we've really been working to develop is this understanding that discipleship at its core is going to happen in our families. As a church, we partner with families, but we recognize mom and dad, uh, guardian, whatever the home structure may look like, the believers that are leading the home, they are the ones that are going to be the primary disciplers. And so in our ministry over the last few years, we have taken some very, very concrete steps in developing a family ministry. We're not fully there yet. We have some ways to go. But Mm -hmm. Luke, you've come into a role where your title is the Associate Pastor of Family and Student Discipleship. And the idea Mm -hmm. is to help develop what does it look like for us to partner with families. So you yesterday just preached a message, the first of three, on healthy homes. And we are Mm -hmm. so excited about that. Go online and listen to that. And we have two more coming up here. And so if you haven't been able to be with us 1045 on Sunday, we'd invite you to come. But we want to dive a little bit deeper into that look of healthy homes and mom and dad being the primary disciplers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really love that you qualified for whoever is the spiritual leader in the home, because one of the things that we we wanted to do with this series was not make it a distinct yes. marriage, uh, then parenting, then something else. We want these principles to be a- applicable for whatever whatever the makeup of the home might look mm-hmm. like. And we'll talk about that more uh, throughout this episode. But for the single mom mm-hmm. uh, yep. family, we, we want this to be helpful for her. For empty nesters who don't have kids anymore, uh, we want these principles to still be applicable for their new look uh, uh, of the home. For grandparents who are grandparents. sometimes raising their kids, yeah. that, that is becoming more prominent. And, yeah. and we recognize that reality, and we love you, and we're here for you, mm-hmm. and we want to support you. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And so uh, we, we have this three-part series uh, that we think, again, will be applicable for whatever 
makeup of the home it is. Um, but, but this first one that we talked about yesterday in the message is, is to recognize homes as the center for formation. Yes. Um, this is that, that, that the, the family, the home under the roof is the primary locus for discipleship. And, and so maybe to, to hit some staggering statistics, mm. Boy, the stats. <laughs> All right, bring I know, in, bring I in, know, and, and they Let's can put them out there. Goodness, they can be dismal. <laughs> they can be dismal on a on a first look here, but we are preaching these messages, developing these resources. We have this strategy. We're talking about it now because we're hopeful. Yes, we're hopeful that even though um, the trajectory might look bleak. And the statistics might not be great. Um, we believe that there is hope for for the believer who is seeking to glorify God in their home. And so, how about this first stat? The average teenager, the average teenager spends five to seven hours on a screen per day. Mm. Per day. Now, I work with teenagers, and I will affirm uh, that this is this is a true statistic. Um, think about the way a morning likely starts for your teenager. They wake up in the morning after the alarm on their phone goes off. They spend 15 minutes scrolling just to see who posted what yeah. overnight. Um, and then maybe they come on downstairs and they eat a bowl of cereal. And while they're eating, their finger is also, one hand is on the spoon, the other finger is scrolling as well, maybe for another 15 minutes. Um, and then, you know, you're on your drive into, into school Maybe it's a 15-minute drive. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, they're probably staring at their phone for the duration. They get dropped off, maybe 725, whenever um, mom or dad has to drop them off so the mom and dad can get to work. So they sit in our hallways for a little bit of time until the bell rings for them to get into the school. They look at their phone for maybe 15 minutes. Yeah. Before school starts, they already have one hour logged. Now, when you talk to that student, you say, hey, how much have you been on your phone so far? Uh, just a couple minutes. We, sure. we have a deception <laughs> on, on how these little intervals of time truly add up. You know, you know what I'm afraid of, Luke? Yeah. Mom and dad or whoever may be the head of the home, the guardian of the home, isn't noticing because they're doing the same thing. Yeah, exactly. That leads me to my next statistic. <laughs> Discern.com, which is a Christian and conservative news site, uh, did a study, and they reported that 31% of adults, that's one in three, 31% of adults state that they are almost constantly on the internet. Yeah. We as adults feel the draw of our devices. Maybe that's checking emails. Maybe we have a very difficult time clocking out, so to speak, when we go home, uh, especially with COVID and quarantine mm-hmm. and how so much of of work was uh, made available yeah. um, from yeah. home. We, we've we've had a difficult time turning off from the screen and disconnecting from the screen to be present with the people in our house. And we've developed patterns that are staying with us um, mm-hmm. in that regard. Yeah, because exactly. of COVID isolation, staying home. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, last one here, Justin Early, who is the author of The Common Rule, a really helpful book that I really recommend. He states that the average user watches 500 hours of streamed media per year. Mm. 500 hours. And I I state that one because we look at maybe we're at church listening to a message for 30, 40 minutes Mm -hmm. a week. Mm -hmm. That doesn't even pale in comparison to the amount of information and formation coming from the world. 
Mm. And I see this in, in the classroom where I have seen a, a distinct shift over the years um, from students on how they view things like LGBTQ mm. or Christian ethics or morality. Increasingly, they're questioning the Christian worldview and they're becoming more and more sympathetic to the way the rest of the world, the, the unbelieving world, mm-hmm. views life. Right. And I have to suspect it's because when you're seeing again and again and again commercials and pro-LGBTQ uh, information, you start to subconsciously buy into maybe yeah. it's not that bad. Maybe it's not that big of a deal. Maybe we've gotten it wrong. Mm-hmm. So we say all of that to say that we have to compete for the formation of those who are within our house. Yes. Uh, whether that's a, a, a marriage, marriages or whether that's in parenting, whether it's two college roommates in a dorm together, we have to together um, just press on in, in keeping Christ and the way of Christ as, as just integral uh, in, in how we, we live in our homes. Yeah. So, and Luke, you know, yeah. one of the things I, I feel like maybe a future episode, uh-huh. how do we regain that control? Yeah. Especially when it's been lost. Yeah. Especially when it feels like, well, that's the way it is. And to try to bring kids back from mm-hmm. the edge of the technology cliff where they all are right now and want to be there yeah. to bring them back. And I think those are some of the things that need to happen. I mean, it's never too late mm-hmm. to make changes. No, it's, it's never too late to make changes. The later you wait to make changes, the more difficult it will be. Mm-hmm. Um, if you try to put into practice some technology rules for your home with a five-year-old, it's going to go a lot better than if you start with a 15-year-old. Yeah. But whether a five or 15-year-old is in your house, um, it's worth it's worth that effort. And so let's talk a little bit about just some wisdom for maybe specific elements of family uh, discipleship. And, and James, I'd love to hear from you because you have teenagers. Yeah. I have elementary age, well, not even, you know, five and seven-year-olds, so so my kids are in a very different place than your kids are. Yep. Um, and so when you think about family discipleship, um, what's that look like for you in your home? So I actually have an elementary student as well. Oh, yeah, She's in right. sixth Anna. grade. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's, I've, I'm across the gamut. My oldest son got married, and yeah. me and Ellie are doing wonderful, just beautiful family, mm-hmm. And um, but now here we are looking at Anna in sixth grade. So let me go back, though, to the beginning for us, uh, because these principles have not changed from the beginning of our marriage and when our children began to come along. I, I look at Ephesians 6.4 as my marching orders. I really mm-hmm. do. In all of the New Testament, this is this one verse really captures what it is that needs to happen in a Christian home mm-hmm. to lead their children to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. There's two things there. And that word discipline is the same root word for disciple. And it's the word paideia. And it's a systematic training of kids. There's a, there's a system to how you approach bringing them to Jesus. You define life, it's found in Jesus, and then you define the lines, and there are consequences for crossing the lines. And, and Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, Jesus said that I have come to give life to the full. The lines don't stop the fun and stop life. The lines define where life is really found. And that's in a relationship with Jesus. And the second part of that is instruction. And as Nusia is the word there, it means to put into the mind instruction. You, we, we need to speak to the hearts. And so for Kelly and I, with our kids, 
we always wanted to be careful to say, okay, here's Jesus, here's life, um, here's where your heart needs to be surrendered to, it needs to be surrendered to him. And then there's the lines. So even from the youngest ages, you know, don't go touch the power outlet. It's not because, you know, we want to take away your fun. You're stepping outside of lines that you could get electrocuted, you know, and sometimes kids don't realize that, but there are consequences for stepping outside the lines. So there's discipline in that to say you stepped outside, there are consequences. But in that, even for Kelly and I, when we would have times when they were young and they were in that time where we would spank them to help them understand that's a consequence for stepping outside the lines. We would always talk to the heart afterwards, very controlled with the spanking. We had a certain number of swats that we did, all of that. And then we would stop and say, okay, let's talk about the heart. How do we respond to Jesus now? We would pray. Some of the biggest hugs I got were after the spanking yeah, I agree because they knew that. I loved them. They knew yeah. that we loved them and they were thankful for being taught the instruction. And so I say to families, listen, some of the methodology could look different in some homes, mm -hmm. but you are accountable to Jesus for discipline and instruction of your kids. That has to happen. That's a non-negotiable with families. Yeah. I think that it's really helpful to identify the ways in which we, we parent and form physically by giving them good food and not candy all the time, uh, yeah. socially by teaching them how to say please and thank you. Um, we need to be just as consistent and intentional about that yes. when it comes to the spiritual life as well. Yes. Um, now, let me ask you just some questions. What about barriers? What do you think? I think we can admit, and I think most people listening to us would admit, that maybe family discipleship, uh, it's not what we believe that it should be. And I think the first thing that I would just want to say real quick is um, there is a lot of guilt and shame when it comes to family discipleship. Mm. and. Because oftentimes it's just not happening. Yeah, Guilt and shame isn't going to be a good motivator. We want to just portray what a healthy home could look like and encourage people to take, to take a step uh, in the freedom of the grace of God, to take a step closer to um, a vision of a, of a healthy home, uh, regardless of, of mm -hmm. maybe where that starting point is. But what additional barriers do you see in in your home and, and in my home and, and in the homes of our people yeah. that might impede um, family discipleship happening? I think a first barrier is the barrier of being aware. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't know if enough, and I'll just speak for our, my home, we take the moments and turn them towards Jesus enough. We're not aware of the opportunity. I like to call it the teachable moment. Um, I like to look at my home as discipleship that's uh, an ongoing discipleship. It's a life discipleship. It's it's not just so much, okay, after dinner, we're going to read the Bible for 15 minutes, as important as that is. What happens when the attitude flares up and, you know, you get frustrated and yeah. you're not aware, though, wow, this is an opportunity because my kid's heart is laid bare and open right now. And I have a chance to speak to what's being shown and, and to say, hey, can we stop for a moment? Let's pray. There may be a consequence in that, you know, in that. And maybe that's something that if they're older children, there's things you've worked out in the system, right, of how you're discipling them. But to always talk to the heart and to pray with them and say, what is this showing about your heart right now? Uh, so for me, I think a barrier is awareness. We're not seeing the opportunities. Um, for me, I think there's one other thing, and I, you kind of spoken to it. I think there's a sense of defeatism. Mm -hmm. That mom and dad, especially with all of the social media stuff we just talked about at the opening of this podcast, feel like they've already lost. Mm. All the idealism, oh, it's, it's just gone. 
I can never regain it. So I think a huge barrier is a sense of defeatism and realizing it is not too late. And you can, as a mom and dad, primary discipler, um, single mom, you know, grandparents, we've said there's, there's different experiences in our families, but you can regain the control of saying, we're going to make this about a home that it's centered on Christ and yeah. to overcome that. Yeah, I, I will agree with you on the awareness one. Uh, for us, it can easily be a, a lack of awareness because we're rushed. Um, maybe we're rushing to get the kids down uh, for, for bed because maybe we have a couple coming over for premarital counseling right. or something like that. Mm-hmm. So kids, we just need to get you in bed because the doorbell's going to ring any minute. And so, you know, and, and we don't leave the uh, maybe the margin for um, our kids to ask us a question or to ask them about their day and then be able to go somewhere with it. And, yeah. and rushing can be a really a, a big one for us. And I think also I would add into that whole thing of awareness is sometimes a sense of I'll just I'll just be honest. Apathy. Yeah. That we are so bogged down with so many different things as those who are, are leading our homes as moms and dads, um, whoever that whatever that looks like, there's an apathy. Sometimes I think that comes into I've got so many things I'm caring about and we start to lose sight of such a primary responsibility and privilege and joy mm. of of our kids. Yeah. They, they become kind of a casualty to our busy schedules, to our focuses, to sometimes the things like we said with media that we just waste time on. Mm. Are we spending time with our kids and do we want to? That apathy can sometimes grow. I think yeah. it's a barrier. Yeah. It, I, I admit myself as, as a pastor of family discipleship, I feel the pressure of it's just easier to turn on a movie sure. for the kids than to have intentional time. It's just easier. I'm tired. They're tired. Maybe it's, <laughs> there's tension, whatever. And, yeah. and you know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm a sinner. I'm yeah. a sinner. And, and perhaps uh, one of the best ways that we can begin to model and take advantage of teachable moments for our kids is by being the first to repent. Mm. I know that I mm. have impatience that can uh, that can rear its ugly head at times. Yeah. Um, I can not be seasoned with graciousness in my words at yeah. times, especially when I'm disciplining. And so, and so to, for, for, for us in our homes, and, and that can be, again, empty nesters, repent often to your spouse. Uh, you know, grandparents, older, older folks, repent to one another. Uh, college roommates, hey, maybe you weren't very considerate when you came home way right. late when your roommate had right. a test the next morning. Repent right. to one another. Yeah. And, and parents, repent to your kids and ask for their forgiveness and teach them that the gospel is for people who are imperfect but covered by the grace and for the forgiveness of God. That's me, Luke. I just want everybody to know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all of us. It's all it's of us. It's all of us. Yep. It's yep. all of us. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the home needs to be a place of formation, and it can look a variety of different ways. Um, and, and I think one of the, the ways to free our listeners is to mm-hmm. say there it doesn't need to be an hour-long devotion each night. Um, it can look like, like you said, taking advantage of those moments and those rhythms throughout the day. Yes, rhythms or, is a good word. Yeah, when you're dri- one of the rhythms for us is we drive into school yeah. <laughs> every Monday through Friday. I've got 20 minutes with my boys. I can turn on a movie if we take the van, or we can take the car, and there's no movie to turn on. Right. What are we going to talk about? Right. You know, and and when we drive home, how am I going to hear from my boys? How's your day? What's what was the high point? What was the low point? 
Um, how does the high point show me what they love and care about? How mm-hmm. do the low points show me what brings hurt and difficulty and trial into their lives? From hearing what their high point and their low point was, uh, from there we can ask intentional questions and we can mm-hmm. follow up. And so there's a lot of ways to be strategic. There's a lot of ways to be free in it and it doesn't have to fit into a particular form. Um, but I think what we want our people to, to go home with is asking the question, what can I do as a next step to start becoming yep. intentional with the spirituality of my home? Discipline, instruction, how is that becoming real? Yes, yes. absolutely. And for our buzzer beater, James, uh, maybe you could share with us a unique example of intentional discipleship that you've witnessed in some some godly family throughout your years. So I'm just going to say something that's very broad. And, and actually, my family, we've tried to do this because of all that goes on. After dinner, we're like, hey, you know, we're going to spend the next 45 minutes sitting in the living room. Yeah. No devices. We're just going to be together. And I love that because it forces the kids to like, okay, I'm doing something different. We're together. And... Who knows what can happen with it? So I just like that kind of an approach of let's just allow for some space, but intentionally see where that space will go. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. Yeah, again, it provides the freedom of, of yeah, allowing the spirit to move, open up conversation. That's great. Great example. Um, I'm excited for this sermon series to Me keep too. going on. I'm excited. Thanks to... for preaching it, Luke. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, and, and we just want to keep a lot of resources in front of people. So reach out to us, contact us. If you're not on an emailing list, if you have questions or follow up, um, we're here to serve you. So uh, until next time, uh, God bless.